It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. It's been good. 
getting thanks once again in the name of our precious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kinston, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. We have entered into his gates with thanksgiving. We have entered his courts with praise. We worship him in the beauty of his holiness. God is awesome in this place. He's awesome in your life, child of God. He's awesome in my life. And he's worthy, he's worthy of all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Jesus is worthy. Our God is worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Our God is worthy. as it is to worship God alone when his people come together God has uh, even uh, greater blessings for us the Holy Spirit was given to the believers on the day of Pentecost when they were all together now you need to understand child of God that one of the main things that the adversary wants to fight in us as believers is us coming together he lost the battle in, in regards to us getting saved. We, we launched out there, and we went and did that. So he lost that battle. But as far as us coming together the way God desires, Satan is still working very, very hard. His demons are still working very, very hard to keep us apart. Sure, there are blessings for us being saved and us worshiping individually, in it, but there are even greater blessings when we come together. Scripture even echoed this uh, teaching in the Old Testament. Scripture talked about how one could chase a thousand, but two could put ten thousand to flight. And Jesus even said something very similar to that when he, in the New Testament, where he said, where two or three are gathered together in my name. Jesus said, I am in the midst. So when we come together, children of God, that is, that is something extra special. It's special for us to worship God individually. It's extra special when we worship God collectively. For those who have been worshiping with us, you know we have started our most recent topic today, because he or God said so. Because he or God said so. We thank God for this particular topic, the revelation, revelations that God is sharing with us. Uh, 
in regards to because he said so. See, you know, a lot of times individuals want proof of things. A lot of times individuals, especially the world, believes that seeing is believing. They've got all kinds of little doctrines that go along with the carnal mind and the carnal mentality. But children of God, God has given you and I a totally different mind, the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We have the ability through and by the Spirit of God to look at things as God looks at things. We have the ability to look at things beyond how the world, how the flesh, how the carnal nature sees things. And we are able to look at things through the eyes of the Spirit of the true and living God. To the world, the world thinks they are doing something very extra special uh, with a whole lot of things that they got going, not even realizing that, that many of the decisions, many of the laws, many of the moves of, uh, of politicians and, and those in authority are displeasing in the eyesight of God. And children of God, this is where you and I have to step up and speak out and, and proclaim the words of the true and living God. doesn't matter what the world has going. See, the world is, has not been put here to lead the way. We have been. This is why you don't take and put headlights uh, under the tires, or you don't put headlights in the trunk of a car. You put headlights out front so that they can show the way to the driver, so they can show the way to the vehicle, so that they can show the way. Well, children of God, you and I, we are the light of the world. It is our responsibility, whether the world follows or not. Headlights say, look, car, you can follow or not. Driver, you can follow or not. But my job is to shine and to show you what you're getting yourself into. Headlights say, my job is very simple. Just light up the path. Let you know whether you're riding on the road or let you know whether you're riding through the, through the woods. Or let, you, let you know whether you rode off a, a bridge. Headlights say, I'm just going to shine and show you what's going on. And that's our job, children of God. We are the light of the world. We can't make anybody do right. We can't make the world repent. We can't, but we can show, we can show the world uh, through and by the word of God, through and by the spirit of God, where they are headed. If they keep going, just like lights on a car, they'll show you where you're headed. And whether you uh, follow or take seriously what the lights have shown you or not, that is your business. So it is with us, children of God. You know, whether the world takes seriously what we're talking about and what we're telling them and what we're sharing with them about the kingdom of God and about God and about uh, repentance and being baptized, whether they take these things seriously or not, our job is to show them, show them through our lifestyle, show them through our doctrine. The Apostle Paul told young Timothy, watch your lifestyle and your doctrine very closely because he said so. This is why. We are proclaiming the word. This is why we're going into the four corners of the earth to let creation know that the day of reckoning, a day of judgment is coming, a day where individuals, men and women, black and white, rich and poor, southern and northern, uh, domestic and abroad, will give an account to the creator of the universe of the deeds that they have done while in these mortal bodies. Children of God, just as we are preparing for this great day, we are instructed by God to uh, try and to get our neighbors prepared, to try to help them to be aware uh, that the day of the Lord is coming because he said so. God wants you and I to move, not because he has shown us something, not because he has necessarily revealed something, but because God has said so. Take what you know God has said and do that, and you will be blessed. We're looking at capital A in our outline, creation exists. Now, we were talking earlier today about why creation is even in existence, because God said so. If you out there, you wondering why you exist, why you alive, because God said, spoke for you to be alive. See, that's why you're alive. If God had not spoken life over you, if God had not spoken life over me, we would not be existing. God is the one who opens wombs, and the scripture says that God is the one who closes wombs. Your mother's womb was opened that you might come forth. But God is the one that, that uh, breathed life into your little mortal body. He breathed life into our mortal body that we might do the works of him who sent us. Creation exists 
because God spoke it into existence. God said, let there be light, and there were light. God said, let the light uh, do one thing, let darkness do it. God said, and things happen. We children of God want to be in tune enough with the word of God and speaking and proclaiming God's word that something may happen as well. Many of you are out there under the sound of my voice. I may never see your faces. I may never even know in this life uh, that you're tuning in, that you are listening. Uh, you know, I see a little bit with the downloads. I see a little bit with the with the, those that click. But there are thousands of you out there that I don't even uh, know anything about. My prayer for you is that something God has given me to share with you all has made a difference in your life as an individual Christian, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your family, in your church, that God has given me something that has that has helped to make a difference and is making a difference in your life. There are some things that are so valuable. There are some things that are so valuable and so plentiful uh, that oftentimes we don't even appreciate them very well until they are gone. Some things that are so valuable, some, you know, if we're not careful, we can take life for granted because God gave us life yesterday and, and God gave us life the day before. But understand there's going to come a day when God's not going to give you any more life. Now, you can keep right on messing around and doing it, but there's going to come a day where God can say, that's it. I'm not giving you any more life. There's going to come a day. You know, God has given us breath. We've been breathing since we've been born or since we've been in the mother's womb. We've been just breathing, just breathing. There's going to come a day where God's not going to give you any more oxygen. It's, we've been drinking water. Oh, we go get some water. There's going to come a day when God's not going to allow us to have any more water. So you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? You want to prepare for what you know is coming. There's going to come a day when we're going to have to stand before our Creator. Prepare for what you know is coming. That, in essence, is the message in the story of the wise and foolish virgins. The wise virgins prepared for what they knew was coming. The foolish virgins knew what was coming and didn't get prepared. Foolish people in life, they don't get prepared for for standing before God. They don't get prepared for uh, the judgment. They don't get prepared. And as a result, they're not pleased when uh, things take place. Preparation. God has prepared. Jesus talked about, you know, he's going away to prepare a place. Why? Why is God, why is Christ preparing a place for you and I? Because we are being prepared for the place that he is preparing. So you have preparation going on on two ends. You've got the preparation of Jesus uh, in, the, in the Father's house. And then there's a preparation in the hearts of you and I that we might be ready for what is yet to come. God is spending his time talking to us, reasoning with us, giving us revelation, insight, so that we will be prepared for what is yet to come. Creation exists. Let's see what God has for us this evening. We're going to take a look at the book of Romans, chapter 1, with a special focus on verse 20. From the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 20, from the New International Version. Scripture reads, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Men, women, boys, girls, children are without 
excuse. Capital A under our new topic, because he said so. Capital A, creation exists. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you for the privilege to be able to eat, to be able to sleep and wake from sleep, to be able to walk, talk, to be able to use the restroom, Father, to be able to drive, to be all of these activities of our limbs that you have so blessed us with the ability to do one more time. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Father, we thank you for allowing us, unctioning us to come together and to worship you in spirit and in truth. Pray, Father, that as you speak to our hearts and minds through these ancient scriptures, open our hearts and minds that we may receive uncompromising, unadulterated words of the true and living God, that your people, as they tune into this broadcast at various times and various seasons, various countries, various nations, we ask, Father, that you'll meet them at a point of their need. We ask that you'll give us a word, Father, for every ear under the sound of my voice that will help encourage, strengthen, edify, uplift, until your good, pleasing, and perfect will has been done in our lives. We trust, Father, that as you are with us, you are going to have your way in our midst. Do these things for us, precious Father, and we will be careful to give your name all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Capital A, creation exists. Now, what you have here in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 on down to the end of the chapter, you have God's wrath against mankind, God's wrath, God's displeasure, God's anger with mankind. Now, what we want to understand as we examine these scriptures is that God's wrath was never intended to be poured out on mankind. That wasn't the plan of God. But man kept right on, kept right on. So God had to do something different from what he had originally planned. Now, Scripture says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities... God has got invisible qualities, and then the Bible goes on to tell us that these invisible qualities have been clearly seen. Now, what does that mean? How It sounds like a contradiction. How can you have invisible qualities that are clearly seen? Doesn't make any sense. Not to the natural mind. And this is why you have to process and understand God's word with the mind of the spirit. What God is letting us to know is that what you need, much of what you need to know about God can be seen right through what God has done. This is why we study the scriptures. Why? Because God dealt with people certain ways thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, and God is still dealing with people in certain ways. We are, we are, we are learning from what has been done. Now, even the world understands this. The reason why men are able to send spaceships and rockets and different things out into space, they have taken what one learned and combined that with what somebody else learned, and they added to that what somebody else had learned until we had a, a conglomeration of various learnings from different individuals that were able to come together and do something great. The world understands that. That's why, that's why you can go jump in your car and drive. Somebody, don't you know somebody had to invent the steering wheel? Somebody had to invent a tire. Somebody had to invent a, 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 a transmission. Somebody had to invent uh, an engine. Well, once all of these inventions, everybody had invented because you, 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 you
Amen. Okay. So understand that 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 the value of a thing depends on the one that wants it. Depends on the one that that um, is interested in it. Air to us, as long as we breathing, might not seem like it's worth that much. But mess around and let somebody hold your head underwater. See how valuable air becomes to you then. Air conditioning may not seem too, may not seem, mind you, too valuable. Let it break in the middle of July in a trailer. So we, what are we understanding? We're understanding that the value of a thing depends on who wants it. The value of a thing depends on the state of individuals. Some things that were not valuable to you at one state in your life become very valuable to you at another state. Now, a lot of people think, and the adversary has deceived and tricked a lot of people into thinking that money is it. Money is everything. But I'm going to show you in a short illustration that, that, you know, when we really slow this thing down, we can come to understand that money is not as, uh, as important as we think. Somebody say, all right, I'm going to give you a choice. You can either live out the rest of your life or I can give you 10 million. end up having to close up a little early because we're having some some technical difficulties all right all right now let's see let's see let's see what else because what you you, you can do some tests and money can really start going down on on the list somebody say all right we'll give you the health you have for the rest of your life or we can give you 10 million dollars a day but you got to live out the rest of your life uh as a quadriplegic can't move your arms can't move your legs what you choose hell so we see now that money is not even as, as valuable as hell. Now, some people endanger their health for money and risk their lives and do all kinds of things, but really, money is not even as valuable as good health. Money is not even as valuable as life. Now, I ask this one here, some people might be on the fence. We give you $10 million today, but you got to kill your wife. you got to kill your husband. Well, if you, if you got any sense or any love for your spouse, you're going to be like, no, no, forget that. But the reality is, whole lot of jokers get that question right there because it's not their life, or at least they perceive it as not their life. It's not their health, or at least they don't perceive it as being it. So you got a lot of characters be, you know, be teetering on the fence with that question. So God has got understanding.
All right, Saints, I know we're back now because I see the lights flashing up. All right, so power is, is one of God's invisible qualities. Who sees power? You don't see power as much like the wind. You don't see the wind, but you see the, the results. You see the, 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 you know, uh, the effects of it. So God has got a whole lot of invisible qualities that, in fact, you can't see his eternal power, his divine nature, but they have been clearly seen or, should we say, perceived because they're understood by what has been made. What has been made lets you know that there's a God somewhere. Now, you look up at the sun and you, you got the audacity to think that there's no God. Even if you think that the sun came from speck of dust, you, somebody got to answer the question where the speck of dust came from. At some point, you got to go back to a creator. No matter how much things evolve, no matter how much things, uh, how awesome things become, you, you, you look at your car out there. You got, you got to go back to a creator. How foolish would you be to think that nobody invented the car? It just appeared. Just a, just a whole lot of rubber, a whole lot of steel, a whole lot of glass, just miraculously. That's how foolish you sound, believing that there's no God. You believe your car just came from nowhere, or do you have sense enough to know that your car came from a creator? Are you foolish enough to believe your house came from nowhere? Oh, just a bunch of wood, a bunch of nails, a bunch of plumbing, a bunch of light fixtures, just miraculously just came to it's insanity. Mm, never looked at it like that. You got everything you look around and see, you realize it came from somebody. That doorknob on that door. Somebody thought it up, put the, got the necessary ingredients, the metal or whatever the components are, and, and fashioned it and formed it and shaped it and put it up there for you. So it is with, with creation. God is the creator of all things. You think your shoe just miraculously just, just became a shoe, just... You know, they, 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 that's how crazy individuals sound that believe that there's no God. Where do you think stuff came from? Creation exists because of God. If there was no God, there would be no creation. If there was no, if there was no. Him. The first order, when you glorify God, that means you give Him. You, you got to give Him the glory that He deserves. The, the Bible says, "For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God." So the God said, "Look, there's a danger in you knowing Me and not glorifying Me. There's a very, very serious danger in knowing God but not glorifying God." So it says, "For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him." There's a danger in not glorifying God, and there's a danger in not giving thanks to God. It's just a matter of time before God's going to shut you down. God exists to be glorified. God exists to be thanked. Our existence is meant for the glorification of God. Our existence is meant for the thankfulness to God. This is in the scripture says, now, if you won't glorify me and you won't give me thanks, God says, then your thinking will become futile, meaningless, good for nothing. 
and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now, we went over earlier today about how God separated the light from the darkness, and the light was a symbolism, symbolic of good. Darkness was a symbolism of evil. So when you won't give thanks to God, you won't glorify God, you won't, you won't give him what he deserves, then your thinking, your thinking becomes worse and worse. Your heart becomes darker and darker. Now, part of the reason why we study God's word on a daily basis is the same reason why you clean up your room a little bit each day. Why
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.